Welcome to Faith in the Workplace, a collaboration between the Catholic Faculty and Staff Network of Texas A&M University, Red Sea Catholic Radio, and the Christian Faculty Network at Texas A&M University. In paragraphs 1895 and 1896 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, we read, Society ought to promote the exercise of virtue, not obstruct it. It should be animated by a just hierarchy of values. Where sin has perverted the social climate, it is necessary to call for the conversion of hearts and appeal to the grace of God. Charity urges just reforms. There is no solution to the social question apart from the gospel. In the interview that follows, you'll hear from Christians at Texas A&M University who are doing exactly this, applying the gospel and the moral values that flow from it to address various social questions that they confront on campus and in their world. Welcome back to another episode of Faith in the Workplace. This is Dr. Thaddeus Romanski, and I'm joined today by Zach Lawson with Ratio Christi. Good morning, Zach. Good morning. How are you? I am very much excited to be talking to you. Give me some background on yourself and you know what you're doing here at Texas A&M right now in your studies. Sure, sure. So my name is Zach Lawson. Um, I am a second semester master's student in biomedical engineering. Um, I did my undergraduate here, so I've been here uh, for quite a few years, I would say. Um, basically, um, my background is a lot similar to uh, what I imagine a lot of college students have experienced. Um, you grow up in a Christian home, um, then you hit your teens, and you start to have serious doubts about the um, the things that you've been taught, you know, your whole childhood. And you start to have questions like, do I actually think that all of this is real? Um, isn't this just kind of like a redo of a bunch of other random religious things out there? What about all these other students that I know that they have very strong convictions about their own faith, but they're extremely different from mine? Um, so I hit that patch when I was about 16 or 17 years or so. Um, and I went through this period of about three years, I would say, where I thought that those questions just didn't really matter. I thought, eh, whatever. I'm just going to keep all of that under the surface, just, you know, go to school, live my life, uh, go through the motions at church, just whatever it is that keeps my family happy. Um, but whenever I started to come to college, I found that those questions are real. They were really being forced on me to the point where I was starting to face situations where I actually had to ask myself, do I really truly believe these things? And if I don't, then I need to just let it go. And you know, I, whatever the answer is to this complicated question about God and faith, I need to at least have an answer. Um, so that started a period um, whenever I was about 18 or 19 years old where I started, I guess, get away from the just have faith things or, you know, just uh, pray about it until you feel something in your heart kind of a thing and really start to look into uh, things about like the classical arguments for the existence of God, um, historical evidence and things like that. And I eventually came back around to um, a, a pretty solid faith in God. And I, I eventually became convinced that, you know, these reasons right here are, you know, these arguments for the existence of, existence of God, this historical evidence, that's pretty convincing for me. Um, and so because of that, whenever I engage with, you know, conversations with, with other people uh, on campus, um, that's kind of the approach that I want to, to look at it. I want to say, I understand that these things are very important to you, but I think that we need to discuss these things from the perspective of, you know, what, what can we talk about objectively, you know, philosophically or historically. Mm -hmm. So that journey that you, that you made in your own life, um, brought you to 
this organization, Ratio Christi Hot. Now, did you found it or was it already existing? Tell, tell the listeners about what it is and how you got involved in it, why you were drawn to it. I think some of that's already right. you know, apparent now. Right. So, so Russia Christie is, uh, it's currently a national organization. Uh, so there are multiple chapters at different, uh, universities. Okay. It was originally founded in 2009. And unfortunately I don't remember the founding organization. Um, what I do remember is that Texas A&M was one of like three or four of the very first organizations that, um, once they made the switch to being a national organization or a national group, we were one of the very first chapters, uh, founded in about, I think it was 2009 or 2010. Um, and then I happened to join by a weird fluke of just happening to see it uh, in a long list of organizations at Texas A&M um, whenever I was a freshman. Okay. And now what is your role with the organization so, currently? Uh, so when I was an undergraduate, I was the president for uh, two years. Um, now that I'm a master's student, I'm more in an uh, advisory position. Um, so I helped to put together some of the materials um, for our weekly meetings. Um, on the side, we do a little podcast, uh, oh. yeah, called Think Theism, uh, things like that. My role is basically to, to offer any help that I can to undergraduates who they're really the heart and soul of the organization now. Um, and they're, they're pushing it forward. You mentioned, you mentioned materials you helped to put together. You have the podcast that you do mm-hmm. go into a little bit more about weekly, monthly activities. Do you have some signature events throughout the year that you that you sponsor or that you're a part of as Rasio Christi? Uh, so Rasio Christi, we meet um, once a week, every Thursday at 8.30 p.m., and we will discuss a different topic each week. And it can range from anything related to an argument for uh, or against the existence of God, uh, all the way to sometimes esoteric uh, theological discussions, such as free will or God being inside or outside of time. Uh, once a year, we are privileged to uh, join with several other organizations here at A&M to uh, partner with the Veritas Forum, mm-hmm. um, which, as I'm sure everyone knows, is coming up February 8th. Um, and this February 8th, the Veritas Forum on February 8th um, will be with Dr. Budishkevsky. Um, and we're, we're really excited to be a part of that movement. Now, he's a moral philosopher, uh, philosophy and government from UT Austin, right? Right, right. Um, I think his his big thing is bringing back the idea of natural Natural law. law. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And and bringing that back into contemporary conversation. Uh, Which is critical because uh, one of the great strengths of natural law is it is it gives a common uh, basis for discussion and analysis to to all parties because it it deals with objective reality. Yes. Oh, yeah. Is that fair fair to characterize it that way? For sure. Yeah. Um, I was listening to one of his other lectures that he gave and um, I love this analogy that he said that he, he says that natural law is the soil that all other moral theories can be planted in and mm-hmm. thrive mm-hmm. rather than being, I can't remember what the rest of his analogy was, um, but essentially he was saying that the idea of moral relativism is just a dead vine that will never supply life to any solid moral theory. Okay. So that's, that's February 8th that he's speaking in Rudder Theater at 7 p.m., I believe. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Rudder Theater, 7 p.m., February 8th. Incidentally, that's my birthday. Oh. So it'll be in a <laughs> Terrific. What a great birthday present to, uh, yes, to receive. Yes, Fantastic. So now it sounds like Rossio Christi is less evangelism or less, less evangelization going out and bringing the gospel to non-believers or the lukewarm and more of a practice session. You might, it's not, it's not game time so much. It's more practice. It's, it's people who are largely uh, believing Christians who want to know and understand their faith on a more, on a deeper level 
and then that would enable them to be more effective evangelists. Is that is that a fair way to characterize the kind of the mission of your organization? Um, it's it's always difficult because we kind of have two missions. Okay, and, and and each semester we tend to tilt one way or the other. Um, while it is very true that we we absolutely want Christians to come and learn and investigate these um, you know these evidences and these arguments, and and like you said, this equips you to be able to have effective evangelism. Um, you know, it, it, it's difficult to go evangelize if you don't know exactly what you're evangelizing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we do actively welcome those members from outside of the Christian community to come in to offer their perspective. I mean, hopefully they'll uh, change their minds through uh, through the semester. But I mean, that's if you change your mind in one semester, I don't know that you really had a well thought through perspective. Um, but we absolutely welcome those members because the the danger is always to get into that echo chamber, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and so some of the best conversations that I've had have been whenever I'm at a, uh, at a round table discussion, you know, usually after Rosh Christie, whenever we've, things have gotten heated, you know, and then we're just chilling out, um, drinking some coffee and I'm sitting there and there's a Protestant to my left and there's a Catholic to my right. There's an atheist in front of me and we're talking about who knows what, but it's just a great opportunity to really come together and fellowship around those types of issues. Okay. So you have, um, Members in, of the of the group, you you have students from the reform tradition. You probably have Anglican backgrounds, Catholics, Orthodox. Yes, very ecumenical. Okay, and then you even have uh, do you have non believers who are members of the group, or are they just visitors? Uh, so guests. So our model is not really based on on membership. Okay, uh, it, it's more of a. If the topic of the week interests you, then then you can come to so it. So meetings are open to the public, essentially. Oh yes, absolutely. Okay, that, yeah, that that would be a better accurate way. But then there's it. a there's a core group um, that sort of plans topics. Yes, things like that helps and is and is involved in say the part you play in the Veritas Week. Yes, that's correct. So okay. our core leadership team is is primarily Christian, um, and and we direct the goals. Uh, set the topics, you know, research for the week and things like that. So just for people who are listening, if they want to, if they want to get involved with Ratio Christi, they can start out by just coming to the meetings, participating in the discussions. And then if they feel drawn to it, there is a sort of a membership um, leadership planning role that they can take on eventually. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Every every individual, there are no dues or anything like that. Mm -hmm. You can come to the meetings, you can discuss, be an active participant. Um, And then if you so want more responsibility, then um, we're very open to that. Um, We often have people just say, hey, do you all have a graphic designer? Uh, I can do graphic design, you know, and we usually just allow people to use their talents in the best way that that they feel um, would best serve the organization. Okay. Let's go back to your uh, your formative years oh, so so far in, in your life. Um, <laughs> yes. Talk to me a little bit more about your faith came down to to an intellectual choice. It came right. down to an intellectual question. Right. It's not it's not that way for for everyone uh, for, uh, for each course. person. Right. And and I would like to preface this by saying that I'm speaking extremely personal and that I understand that everyone's experience is different. The way that I was raised was in what's called a charismatic environment, mm-hmm. meaning that the primary experience with God was through um, ecstatic speaking with tongues, um, miraculous uh, uh, events going on, things like that. And whenever I went through my period of doubt, I came to possibly falsely this really hardened view that said whatever is going on in there 
it's not convincing for me. And I just, I really don't want to do anything with that. And so, and so therefore it must not be real almost because it wasn't convincing. Kind of like that. And, and that's something that if if I'm very open and honest, I've, I've struggled with, because I understand that I've met individuals who have those experiences and by all appearances to me are very committed Christians that are telling me the truth. And unfortunately, my experience has been very, very souring to, to that. And so that's kind of why I felt pushed to this. It's got to be a very, you know, intellectual issue for me. Um, I just, I can't trust this ecstatic experience type thing. Reason can't be divorced from faith. Exactly. That, that was where I, where I uh, started off. Uh, fortunately, that's been, you know, about five or six years ago now. And I've started to have a, a, a more robust view that, you know, having an intellectual faith doesn't mean having a stale faith, mm-hmm. you know, and you can actually be open to those experiences and be open to the fact that God deals with people in multiple different ways. Um, and that's something that has been particularly helpful in interacting with multiple members of Rasha Christie, mm-hmm. who their faith experiences are not the same as mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's important to be open-minded to uh to a variety of uh, different points of view on, on those issues. Now, tell me more about your podcast, your Think Theism podcast. What do you do on there and how can people listen? Sure. So if you go to thinktheism.org, you'll see all of the, uh, all the episodes are listed out there. We do um, a lot of different um, types of episodes. So some of them we're interviewing um, faculty members on campus who are leaders in um, speaking out their faith. So Dr. Micah Green, for example, who's the president of the Christian Faculty Network, he's been particularly vocal out about being a Christian as well as a committed, you know, um, chemical engineering professor. Um, he is definitely a person who puts his faith in the workplace very publicly. So we interviewed him, asked him some questions about, you know, how do we do that? Uh, in, in, in more detail. We also record uh, audio for the Veritas Forum, um, and we also do um, other episodes where we just focus in a, on a particular topic and just, just chat about it. Do you find that, is Texas A&M a, amongst the student body, let's say first, hospitable place to be a Christian? Is it a, is it a mostly welcoming environment, or is it a place where you, um, where one has to be ready for those slings and arrows. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, I once had this conversation with someone from another university, and I said the fact that A&M is the birthplace of breakaway ministries should tell you that the atmosphere is very different from a lot of other campuses that are out there. I, I tend to say that if it's been my experience that if I say I'm a Christian, most people aren't going to flip out or anything like that. Um, it's I, I would say there's a lot of... It's been my experience, again, with the experiencing, that there is a lot of nominal Christianity that goes on. And sometimes if you try to let your faith inform you on, you know, certain activities, then you might get a little bit of pushback. Mm -hmm. So if there's an ethical decision in your lab and you might appeal to something like, you know, well, I don't think that's true. You know, my faith tradition doesn't really allow for that. You might get some funny looks. um, Okay. And things like that. So then interactions with faculty uh, what's your, how's that going for you being a graduate student, moving into possibly being in a position like Dr. Green at some point? I mean, my experience has been, it, it's been pretty favorable. Uh, I'm also in a fortunate position where as an engineer, um, I don't have to publicly appeal to my faith that often. It's not like I'm working in history or 
you know, evolutionary biology or something like that, where there might be some tensions depending on my uh, philosophical or theological beliefs. So I've been in a really good position to, you know, not, not necessarily have to endure slings and arrows. But don't you think that that's funny given the, the climate in our country today, which basically says science and faith are irreconcilable. They can't, they can't coexist together. If you believe, if you believe in science, right. then you can't be a person of faith. Yeah. I, that's something that I've, I hear a lot of people say that at universities and I've read it in several books and it is very interesting that here, at least in, in my circles, that doesn't seem to be an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of that can be attributed to uh, people like Dr. Green who have been very vocal about you know, actually, you guys have got it wrong. Science and faith can absolutely coexist. Um, in fact, in, in many ways, to be a good scientist, sometimes it helps to have a, a strong faith background. Right. And, you know, you you're learning the you're learning the Christian um, intellectual tradition better all the time. I mean, you can see that um, it's 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 more of a um, an impoverishment of our intellectual climate, I think, than a real uh, controversy be- or contention between those, those mm-hmm. two modes of thinking. And right, right. One of my, uh, a friend of mine, uh, who's also an engineer, one of his favorite verses in, is in, uh, Jeremiah, I believe chapter 33, where God says that the covenant that he has made with Israel is on the exact same footing and the same consistency as the covenant that he has made with the movement of the heavens above. Mm. And the way that he's, he, my friend takes that is, the consi- he says that the assumption that nature is consistent, it's intelligible, it's understandable, we can do experiments on it, that belief system is so uh, integral to a theistic worldview, and it's so reliable, in fact, that God says, you know how much you tr- trust science? That's how much you can trust my covenant that I'm making with you today. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's one of those instances where, um, you know, I, most people don't think they can have sort of religious experience related to science. But whenever I do science and I get exactly the result that I'm expecting because the laws work, that's an instance where I remember that verse in the back of my mm-hmm. head. Right. So is my covenant with nature. So is my covenant with you. Beautiful. Uh, Zach, as we finish up here, kind of make your, make your pitch for where joining or participating in Rossio Christi maybe fits in for someone who says, okay, I, I was either, I was raised in a Christian home, but I want to take I want to take this a little more seriously or this Christian thing sounds kind of interesting or I want to find out more about it. How do I get started? Where does Rossio Christi fit in for, for those, for sure, for, for sure. those types of people? Uh, so the, the way that, that I typically um, present it to, to people who ask me that question is I say, take your doubts and follow them. That was the path that I took. I, I had a particular doubt about a particular issue. I found some literature on it. And as it turns out, that led into more questions and to more interest in things like that. So every individual is different. Some people are having questions about the goodness of God. Some people are having questions about the existence of God or maybe even the history of the Bible or something like that. And I would say that the single best piece of advice is embrace your doubt, recognize that you have that, and then start digging in. And it's been my experience and the experience of many Christians, uh, many intellectual Christians, that at the end of that road— um, you will eventually find God along, along the way. Um, and Rasher Christie, I believe, is an organization that is filled with students who have been on similar paths and are on similar paths currently that you can consult with. And uh, we can talk with you, discuss with you, um, 
you know, you can actively voice your concerns, your doubts, or your questions. And, you know, if, <laughs> if I don't know where to point you, somebody else will. Uh, because, like I said, we, we're all on that, that same path together. Um, and so some people say, well, where, wh- which book do I start with? Which one do I pick up? And I think that um, if uh, I'll, I'll make two, two separate pitches, depending on your, your background. If you are um, a Catholic, I would recommend Ed Fazer. He is an excellent author. Um, he's particularly done a lot of work in uh, uh, taking Aquinas' arguments, uh, updating them to a more modern understanding. Um, he's done fantastic work. If you are uh, a Protestant, I would recommend William Lane Craig as a good starting point. Um, he's kind of the, the jack of all trades when it comes to apologetic type things. Uh, so if you start with uh, one of those two authors, um, they're just a great general starting point for, for this type of information. All right. Thanks. And then last time, Zach, um, just all the contact information for Rossio Christie, where people can look up the organization and get in touch with y'all. Sure. So uh, our website is rc-tamu.org, Rossio Christie-texanm.org. Um, and then you can find our podcast at thinktheism.org. Um, and then uh, we meet physically in Rudder 504 every Thursday at 8.30 p.m. Okay, Rudder 504 every Thursday at 8.30 p.m. All right, thanks, Zach. And you have been listening to another installment of Faith in the Workplace with uh, your host, Dr. Thaddeus Romanski. And we thank you for listening and pray that you have a blessed week and look for those ways to bring your faith into the workplace. Thank you for listening to Faith in the Workplace a collaboration between the Catholic Faculty and Staff Network at Texas A&M University, the Christian Faculty Network at Texas A&M, and Red Sea Catholic Radio.